Well, it has been a short time coming, but we are back. Me and Jack George, we're going to share with our memories of Star Wars Celebration and taking your kids to see Star Wars for the first time. All this and more on Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge. What's up, everybody? As I said in the intro, it's been a hot minute, but that's kind of what happens when you are working professionals. And yeah, just a bit of housekeeping. Postcards on the Galaxy's Edge is it's going to be probably a once a month podcast. So it's going to be more kind of reflective. There's lots of other wonderful podcasts out there that are going to be kind of your upfront news and everything. That's not what PCGE is, but... I hope I'm not putting him on the spot here. I think I am happy to finally say we officially have a permanent co-host. Hello. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah, so just to bring him in. So, yes, Jack George is back with us. He was part of our wonderful Christmas uh, episodes and things. But no, we had such a great time. I just kind of like begged and pleaded and was like, do you know what? I need a co-pilot. I just, <laughs> yeah, I can't do this on my own. And even Jerry is back, our navigator with some canon facts, because this episode, we are going to Exegol, good old scary Exegol, which I'm dying to hear what that was like on set. But uh, first, we're going to hand it over to Jerry, who's going to tell us our, some canon facts. Thanks, Shannon. Bring a flashlight and don't touch any doorknobs because we're landing on dry and terrifying Exegol. Exegol was a dark, barren, and rocky planet with desert flats. Its dry conditions, combined with a rubbing of dust particles in the atmosphere, created enormous static discharges that appeared as lightning strikes from the planet, which made its atmosphere very dangerous to deploy deflector shields. The dead and desolate world was covered with enormous fissures that reached deep into its crust. These were excavated by Sith loyalists, who were attempting to reach a transportative vergence they believed lied beneath the surface. Exegol's nearby space was also not very hospitable as it was littered with the remains of megafauna resulting in the formation of a cloud of red gas and stardust forming around the world. This posed a navigation barrier known as the Red Honeycomb Zone. Oh, and there's also a massive eldritch horror of an upside-down pyramid right over there. Uh, anyway, that's it, Cap'n. Let's fly. Thanks for that, Jerry. So, sorry, I know this is a bit of a, you know, dropping, you know, names and things, but uh, what was the Exegol set like? Are you allowed to kind of describe? Yeah, yeah. what was it, it was, like? Uh, so we were, we were not told, because no one... Only a few people had read the script. No one had been allowed on, on that stage. It was on two stages, actually. No one had been allowed on those two stages whilst that set was being built. Other sets you could go on sort of beforehand, especially because I was in a VFX capacity, so I could go on and take stills or scan whatever just before we shot there because it'd be easier uh, without crew being in the way. But for x nobody was allowed on that, apart from obviously the construction people. Uh and the director and producers and stuff. Uh, and when when we went on it, it, it was a really dark, eerie set. It was pretty much all built. That obviously there, there was, I think there was one end that had a bit of blue screen on it, but the rest, it was all, it was all, it was all as you as you see it on the 
except for like you know the 90 foot tall statues <laughs> but it, yeah. the chair was real wasn't it, it? Was real, yeah the chair chair was real that, that that actually moved with him on it and obviously when he came on set um and started talking for the first time i mean i it said it gave me chills do you know what i mean because i'm obviously a massive yeah i i can't imagine like <laughs> Because I guess you wouldn't have known because we, I, because I remember obviously the, the reveal of Palpatine in the trailer. Well, of course, the trailer is, God, weeks, months, probably months later. So I guess, so you would, did they have like a temp different character or was it always like Palpatine in the script? Uh, I think... I think it was at the start. It wasn't. It wasn't Palpatine. It was like yeah. a made up, a made up, made up character. Yeah. Um, it was never Palpatine. His name was never written in the script. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, when it came on, because there's a lot of Star Wars fans amongst the crew. Oh yeah, oh. yourself included. <laughs> yeah, and when he came on and started talking in. Yeah, I mean, I never saw him. He didn't come on for a rehearsal, or if he did, it was a closed rehearsal. So the first time he, he was he was dressed as Palpatine and had all had all the makeup on, and uh, and the set pieces were fantastic on that. On that oh, okay. it, it would be like me, kind of somehow in an alternate universe, now getting on the uh, new like ray film that's coming out probably i think now they think it's like 2026 which i'm okay with by the way like there's yeah there's no rush like please take your time so i'm i'm one of those star wars fans where i'm like i would rather you know don't rush it you know take your time pay your pay your writers like yeah don't don't rush it but that would be like me coming on set and here comes Ray, Daisy Ridley, like in full like Ray regalia. I just feel like, oh God. I mean, to be fair, I would have been like that with other characters, like your Han Solo, char- you know, experience yeah. and all of that. But I mean, yeah, I'm just yeah. thinking like, what would be the one that would be like, oh God. I mean, it's kind of tying into it. It's like how I was when she came on stage at Celebration. I was just about like, to mention that. It was, it was so it was so funny because like we were having dinner a lot of my podcast mates um the night before which it was so great to kind of meet them in person so i'm gonna give a shout out to the geeky waffle fantastic like network of like female and non-binary led like podcasters it's fantastic so it was great to finally meet because like we had collaborated on project i mean mate it's like i finally got to meet you after a year it's so bizarre now this like post-covid world where everything is so digital but uh we were talking about that we're like you know because it had been speculated i had even done a rebel ramblings about you know is daisy really coming back to star wars would there be a ray film so it was already kind of us talking about it and then you know the lucasville panel was so amazing like i was so blessed to just the random lottery to get to go to the actual stage because i i had been to some panels like when i saw the um you know at nine panel at the time which later was announced the rise of skywalker then uh at celebration chicago it was more it was like they had several stages that were also like basically broadcasting live like what was on the celebration stage so but to be in the actual room i mean obviously the the people were like this big and if you look at like the gopro footage like they're really 
but it was still like amazing and it was so funny because like i forgot like they're gonna come on stage so seeing like all of a sudden they're like and here comes jude law and here comes phoebe wallaby and like all of these people like and i was sitting next to um a I hope I can say good buddy Candace next to me. And like every time someone got announced, they kept going. <laughs> and I brought a friend, um, also big supporter of uh, the podcast since its inception, Neil, uh, because my partner sadly couldn't join me. So I had a spare ticket. So I just reached out to people who like, you know, said on Twitter, hey, kind of bummed, but hey, but had been supporters. So I said to Neil, it's like, hey, let's, let's, go together and i you know kind of going slightly off topic um sometimes you know i used to be one of those i would be bummed that they wouldn't show the exclusive things that they would show at these panels and put them on youtube mm. now after doing it and standing in line and trying to navigate and figure out where the heck you need to go for four hours and then you finally get a seat and get to see stuff i get it now and yeah, actually, yeah. like, to be fair, it'd be good to like, it gets released, say, a month later yeah. or something like that. That's fine. Or even have like the panels broadcast. Like the perfect example is how they did it for Mandalorian yeah. was you got to see the panel, but then we got the exclusive first look at the Mandalorian. The screen just went to, we'll resume this broadcast shortly. And then the people in the rooms at celebration got to see the first look that's a good compromise don't understand why that's not happening now don't care i do care but like yeah but anyway back to my point so when they start saying oh we're gonna talk about films and then i have to learn how to say the director's name i feel so bad but when she was like so you know a certain new oh because they showed the eras which has the best t-shirt i got i wish i got the black version because I went into the celebration store and then I was like, oh, you know, they'll be here tomorrow. I'll try to get tomorrow. Yeah. Never do that. Just yeah. grab what you can when you can never go. It'll be here tomorrow because it wasn't. Yeah. But uh, I have a white version, but they were showing the new eras and when it was post sequel and it showed like the Jedi logo, but there's now two lines. It's a very subtle difference. Yeah. I was just like, oh, it's got to be Ray. It's got to be Ray. Who? I mean, I was about to be like, if it's not, I'm going to riot. And I kept thinking, you know, it is England. We are in London. But, you know, I went to Celebration 2016 thinking I would see Jean Boyega, Daisy Ridley, you know, the Londoners. And no. So I guess I kept saying at that dinner, don't hold your breath. You know, not nasty, but just like, hey, just curb your expectations. They didn't come in 2016 when it literally was on their back door. So they, would, they said, oh, I could do it better how about you come on out I'm, and i just the minute the lights turn yellow and that one note the song came up i just <laughs> i remember i sent you the video of me just <laughs> i've watched it so many times <laughs> that is probably the most raw excitement you'll ever get out of me mind you that might have been you over the weekend with the man not it's man city isn't it not man united (laughs) (laughs) but um i know it's blue so man city i knew it wasn't manchester united i I watched it because of the pure elation face and voice (laughs) god this 38 year old just like losing her mind and yeah Yeah, i hope you don't mind because i was watching it and my partner sophie was like what's what's that (laughs) (laughs) oh this is my crazy co-worker yeah (laughs) 
You don't hear much about her, do you? No, she definitely keeps her cards close to her chest, which, fair play. You have to kind of in this world. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I was was really surprised. I've not heard anything about her coming back, you know, as Rey in in a future film. And it's just got me excited as to what, what... what you know the, the premise of that film itself i think it's gonna be really cool yeah yeah so i mean we could have another episode we could speculate yeah, yeah. the cows come home yeah. like what to see because it's like i mean i also i really hope and i think because they are really good friends in real life i want john boyega to come back and yeah. train as a jedi i mean they obviously hinted it in tros they even kind of went a bit further in lego star wars which i know is not like complete canon but they are definitely like no he he's force sensitive and yeah like i I want that for him because i went into the force awakens thinking he was going to be the jedi that's why that lightsaber moment i call the excalibur moment was so huge for me because i wasn't expecting that that was going to be you know i almost said homeboy i hope that's not disrespectful but i just say that like i generally thought it was gonna be him (laughs) so so i want that i want that for him too because that will mean a lot to a lot of communities to him people and they're great like they're they're just their chemistry is great i don't think they're gonna be a love interest like i don't get that vibe and i don't think it has to be needed no i think it's a good vibe that they're like they get each other and they bounce yeah. around the good mates. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think that's that's cooler in a way. Than, than yeah, that is. That is. And yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting. And I'm, I'm actually very happy and I hope it stays this way because that's also my first immediate thing was I'm very excited, but then I'm cautiously optimistic because right now in the production of Star Wars, and I think unfortunately because now everyone's on the pulse of it. Oh my God, this person. I mean, we kind of shared when you were on our show show in january and in uh, december that you know directors can change in the middle of production like it did on solo and things like that so i'm cautiously optimistic but i mean we had announcements back in 2020 that we were going to get a lando show didn't happen rangers of the new republic i mean i think that's tied to the actress that played cara dune um I won't even give her name the time of day, but hey ho. <laughs> but um, so, um, and, and that happens. I mean, God, we know that being visual effect people that yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. You know, things change. Like, I always, I always use Clifford the Big Red Dog as an example. That I, I haven't seen it yet, but I did the pitch for it in 2014, <laughs> and then it finally came out. I think in what 2022. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what my son said. Oh, that's really cute. Right. And actually, that's that's a good segue. So, um, anyway, we finished that thought real quick uh, with the Ray film. I'm happy that it's 2026. That's fine. I am not going to say how old I'm going to be when that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> say that three years older than you are now yeah (laughs) and um oh is it a big one well it'll be past a big one (laughs) yeah i'll I'll be officially over the hill by then which i i'm not i'm not ready to i i I, do you know what slightly off topic i can understand why people have midlife crises now really like i didn't i didn't i thought it was just people being over dramatic but like it 
it's not i'm not gonna have one of these where all of a sudden i'm gonna be like oh my god i'm gonna have an affair and all that i am gonna get a motorcycle and i am probably gonna have a black belt by then i think that's my <laughs> since sadly children is not meant for me in this lifetime so i am kind of going oh my god what do i do at 40 but you know what you know i feel i feel like i don't uh, that and i know this completely off topic but getting right. getting older you become so much more aware of the fact that you're getting older yes. and all the things start going on in your head about getting yes. older. when you're younger when you're a kid or a teenager it doesn't matter you don't no care. it doesn't click most of the time you're looking forward to being a year older it's yeah. great whereas now it is it is a more conscious you know it, it's in the back of your head isn't it all the time it is okay. it is and i think it's also sadly i had a passing of a, a really good kind of colleague um I don't know. Maybe you may have worked with him. I won't. I won't say his name on the podcast because I don't want to, obviously, any disrespect. But him passing at my age now, thirty-eight, it also, you know, from cancer, it also kind of makes you go, "Oh, okay, life is precious." But on that note, I'm so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm glad it's from a female director because I think that'll be a good perspective. Because the thing about the hero's journey is, in my opinion, it's different when it is a male character or a female character. And yeah, so I I think that I'm really happy with that. And I know she hasn't done like any major blockbusters, but sometimes that's a good thing. And I agree. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter, does it? Steven Spielberg hadn't done a blockbuster and did Jaws. Do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, he's one of my favorites. And Jurassic Park reaching thirty years, like that could be a whole another separate podcast because that's what got me into visual effects. But yes, but kind of, another another thing that makes us feel so old. Oh my god! <laughs> when it was like saying thirty year anniversary, I'm just like, yeah, I remember. You know, I am going to share a little something. So, um, my dad. I'm a military brat, and my dad uh, chose to go overseas, what they call unaccompanied. So you could either take your families with you, or you could go unaccompanied. Sometimes those tours are a year, two years. Well, because he went to Korea, he was stationed in South Korea, and bless him, his whole job was to literally stand there at the DMZ, the demilitarized zone, and make sure that no North North Koreans came across to South Korea. That's what he did for a year. Right. Anyway, long story short, I just found this out as an adult recently, that the military phoned my mother, who was, we were living with my grandparents at the time in Dodge City, Kansas. Yes, that's a real place. Boot Hill is a real place. And um, they said, where's your husband? And she's like, I don't know. Shouldn't you know? And basically, he needed to go to a military college in Kansas in a week. So, phoned my dad, told him, drop everything, you're getting on a plane in 24 hours. We had to move in a week's time. This is why I'm just so friendly, just make friends, because, like, I'm so glad, like, yeah, I'm just so used to moving. But, um, yeah, pretty much we moved, and anyway, went to Jurassic Park, and that's the first movie we went together as a family when he came back and was like, you're yeah and yeah it was just fantastic but speaking of which and taking family to cinemas i'm dying to hear what it was like to take your boys to see the last jedi oh my gosh not the last jedi sorry return of the jedi <laughs> 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 do 
many Jedi's and titles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Return of the Jedi in the cinema for its 40th yeah. anniversary, because this is also our two, fav- both of our favorite films from the OG trilogy. So yeah. Yeah. I'm dying to hear what that was like. Yeah, it was amazing. So for context, I've got two boys. They're very young. They're fat five and three. Um, and yeah, only a couple of months ago on our Return of the Jedi came out for its 40th anniversary. So I took, took both, both my boys to the cinema for an afternoon viewing because I was thinking, this is my favourite growing up. And I thought for the three-year-old, it might be a bit of a push because it's it's not a, it's not a, it's not a young kid's film. Yeah. Because I think, this is, I don't know if we touched upon this last time, but I think kids' films today are so much more... Softer. Softer and visual, <laughs> less, less dialogue than yes. they were when we were growing up. Yes, uh, very much so. I, think, I, I don't think that, I think even with blockbusters for adults, like the Marvel films, for example, that there's so many heavy action sequences. I, th- I think people's uh, concentration dips much easier than what yeah. they used to. So I think. I agree. And that just goes to show how good these original films were like how well written they were they keep you encapsulated they are great visually obviously but it's not constant constant in your face action action so yeah and obviously my boys watch loads of rubbish kids things and so you so i you, you never know because i was taking them to see a proper film i knew the five-year-old would be fine because he'd seen a new hope and empire strikes back and loved them uh so i wasn't too sure about the three-year-old and I didn't want him to le- want to leave early because I wanted to watch it as well. Mm. And mm-hmm. my experience. Anyway, luckily he didn't. And if if we'd have had this call that we're having now, we'd have done this podcast twenty four hours ago. <laughs> and yesterday he was sat in in the, his little playroom watching Return of the Jedi. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, we took them there, and I, I, I took them took them to the to the cinema, and like the opening. The, f- the first 40 minutes to an hour back on um, in Jabba's palace. Yes. It's, it's quite it's quite dark. I mean, literally dark. It's, yeah. And there is obviously creatures in there, but it, it's it's nearly pitch black, some of it. So they were they were on edge and I kept glancing over, but they were just gazing up at the, at the screen. Like their eyes were so wide. They weren't even eating the popcorn. <laughs> Absolutely lost in it. And when oh. and when like Leia when when Leia sort of gets hand down and she takes off her helmet and it's Princess Leia both both are, oh, Leia it's Leia <laughs> it's, 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 shh, shh. they were shouting it's Princess Leia <laughs> honestly it was making my heart melt and, oh. and Luke you know when when they finally get outside and and Luke gets his lightsaber and and you know helps 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 save the day. They, they, they loved it, and then they loved the. They loved, obviously, loved the Ewoks, but I think the Ewoks, the Ewoks were made for, for kids. To Definitely. Um, uh, the 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 whole Darth Vader. I mean, my boys now refer to Darth Vader as a goodie because they've watched Jedi. He's not a baddie to them anymore. I see. I, yeah. Do you know? I wondered about this. Yeah, he, they 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 think he he is a. He's a goodie now. And my mm. friend cried when he was on when he was um, when he's being cremated. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Because that's why I forgot it. I wasn't sure like what kind of order you were showing it to them. If you were going kind of release order or episodic order. Release order. Yeah, that I I personally feel that's better just because like, then the big reveal yeah exactly. isn't ruined. But yeah, Which, go ahead. Sorry, continue. <laughs> There's not a big reveal in any of the original Star Wars films, is there? <laughs> 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 just you know a very minor one uh, yeah but yeah. <laughs> um they loved it they they, they, they liked the, the fact that luke was in black it's mm. the fact that luke wore a glove over, yeah over his put what they called poorly hand oh <laughs> and, and they both of them Picked, which I was amazed that picked up on Darth Vader, Luke chopping off Darth Vader's hand. Oh, that is a good detail from them. Yeah, for, for three and five, well, the five-year-old picks up on it first. The three-year-old three may have just copied him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he picks up on it straight away as soon as it happened. And I was oh. really, really impressed. <laughs> You're like one of those, that's my voice. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 there were elements they did find scary. The jab, the monster in Jabba's. <gasps> oh, the Rancor scared me as a kid. Yeah. Especially yeah. like when he like eats the Gamorrean guard and his little hand is sticking out of his teeth. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that used to scare me as a kid. It's quite gruesome, Return of the Jedi. I think originally, now I could be wrong, but I'm, when I had the original VHSs, I'm sure... That a new hope and Empire Strikes Back were I don't know if the ratings are the same in America, but they were a U, which is like universal, anyone can watch them. Yeah. Return of the Jedi was was a PG. Yeah, I think for us, because we have G PG, PG thirteen, thanks to Temple of Doom. Um, and then uh R. So I think because this was nineteen eighty nine was uh, or was it 88? Which Return of the Jedi? Yeah. 40. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. 83. Yeah, 83. Do your math, Shannon. Oh, God. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's 83. So I think the PG-13 rating just came out. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think it might have been PG-13. Probably someone will attack me on Twitter about the rating, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, there you go, folks. There's a difference between UK cinema ratings and American UK it's, ratings. I think, I think it was one up from... Uh, so the other two were a U, which is like universal, whereas anyone can watch them, kids, whatever, whereas PG sort of... Kids can watch them, but you it's under parental guidance. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? so, I think Return of the Jedi was the only one out of the three that was a was a PG. Yeah, and you can I could see why you know I can see why because there's moments moments that are as I was saying it's dark it's literally dark and, and yeah um, even Luke looks quite creepy Lando Calrissian looks quite creepy and his Leia looks quite creepy when she first enters. Oh yeah, and that voice you like, yeah oh. yeah that good. Oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Jabba the Hutt's horrible, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, that, like, tongue... Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, it were, they absolutely loved it. And, and as we were leaving, they had one of the posters on the wall at, at the cinema just advertising it. And there was a lady stood underneath it who worked there. And, and both my boys were saying, oh, that, that... Can we have that poster? And it was at the 40th, it was said 40th anniversary, and it had uh, embossed on it the 
the name of the local cinema where we saw it. Oh, nice. Let us have it. So we had something to see E.T. for a 40th anniversary of E.T. We got the poster from the cinema for that as well. Oh, wow. In frames now in their little playroom. That's amazing. Because, yeah, that exact um, poster they gave out at the uh, celebration the the 40th anniversary panel which i'm kind of gutted i didn't go to but i was feeling so sick or poorly as we say here in england um at the time because i was just so overwhelmed by like the people and things i was like oh i need a break but uh kind of gutted i missed that but you got the actual cinema one and it was bigger yeah and it was it was because of celebration how i found out i mean i didn't go to celebration for the record but i, I was following it and i begged him i kept going do you yeah. want to go, do you want to go? <laughs> yeah i really wanted to but i was away that weekend but i was following it and, and uh, shannon was texted like <laughs> but it but through following it is where i saw that there was a 40th anniversary of return of the jedi coming out that's that's how i cottoned on and i emailed i've got a local cinema here an independent one and i was emailing them saying please please can you put it on but they wouldn't disney disney wouldn't let them wouldn't let no. them. <laughs> i know it was a limited release because it was very hard in our area here in the midlands and they um they the place we go to that has more like the nicer seating and all that um for the longest time was posting it as 3d I'm and not- i should have i should have clicked i was like that's impossible i would have known mm-hmm. if that's you know the special editions or whatever were released in 3d this but do you know what i'm not i am a busy body but not that much of a busy body to phone up a cinema and go do you have this listing wrong mm-hmm. it's just because like my partner can't do 3d mm-hmm. and so i was like oh okay well that's a shame only to then like on the day before it was like the last screening they changed it to 2d and i was just like really yeah. so it's, it's, yeah it's i was um, you know, it, I, I, it, it was my favourite growing up, Return of the Jedi. Then it kind of changed the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Do you think it's because now of that whole we were just talking about adults appreciation? Because okay, you know what? It, I, so the director of the Empire Strikes Back, mm. Irvin Kirshner. He made an appearance at my film school in Colorado. Did he? Yes. To the point, everybody was absolutely losing their mind, you know, a kid. Because again, when I went to film school, I started, I, I have this, like, now I'm always the old man on campus because I basically did three years in theater and then taught myself editing. I was like, do you know what? This is what I want to do, but I need to go somewhere proper to learn about it. And yeah. couldn't afford UCLA, couldn't, you know, afford New York Film Academy, all that all those american things and then also university everything was like film theory i was like i i can appreciate you need to know what you're doing but i don't want to study about it i want to do it and there's one place in colorado was at the time was a joint between the community college of aurora and the university of colorado denver that had a film school called the colorado film school and he appeared uh and was he decided to talk and it's funny like if you watch videos talking about Irvin Kirshner like they actually will say it says like when they credit that footage it'll say Colorado Film School but he came to my production one class and was talking about you know being the director and putting George Lucas in his place and all that sadly I wasn't as in tune I've always been a Star Wars fan but like I couldn't I mean I felt bad I went to the guy and was like well wait 
George Lucas didn't direct Empire Strikes Back, and he was like, and you call yourself a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Um, there will be lots of Star Wars fans who who didn't who would yeah. who presume George Lucas just directed the first three. Yeah, because it was funny. Like it was a video game that got me back into like the world of Star Wars. Because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Was I? I mean, obviously, as we kind of said before, you know, I grew up with special editions when they came out in the cinemas yeah. when I was in primary school, late primary school, and then. The prequels came out when I was in junior high and high school and college because of the three years. So that really hit. Yeah. Um, but then it wasn't until playing like, uh, what was it? The the Force Unleashed. Yeah. And again, now having that interest in visual effects and things, yeah. that's what really kind of took my Star Wars into full gear. And then by the time I moved to London and was literally like hearing everybody talk about ILM and new Star Wars films. Again, that doesn't cover up too much what we just talked about in our January episodes, but yeah. It's a, but yes, I so I've met Irvin Kirshner very briefly uh, under the guise of not knowing who he was, so I didn't get super starstruck. But you, you never yeah. hear of him, do you? No, you never, no. never ever hear anything of him. And, and for me, he's directed the best Star Wars film, one of the best films ever. Made. Yeah. No. Don't you find it funny that if you now took the criticisms, this is hot take here, if you took the criticisms of The Last Jedi, yeah. you could practically copy and paste them to the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, probably could. Yeah, you're right. You're so, right, yeah. Ditto. I think it was overly, overly, or too harshly criticised. Do you know what I think it is? And I may have said this in our previous episode. I think how you, as a, a viewer, took it depended how you embrace Luke Skywalker as a character. Yeah. Luke, to me, Luke Skywalker was a great character, but he wasn't, like, my guy. Yeah. So I was okay with the directions they went. I think it's some of the best acting Mark Hamill has ever done. Like proper acting. There are levels. There are, he's not just like the hero or he's not the Joker or like he is proper. There's a change. And, and I guess, and I, again, this was just my, one of my few criticisms of, uh, you know, the sequel trilogy. I just kind of wish it was maybe one director through all. Because look how, um, uh, who did all the Spider-Mans, the most recent Spider-Mans? Yeah, Philip Lord and the, the, it was the, it, the two guys, the two guys who did the solo film. Do you mean the animated Spider-Man film? No, no, no. I mean, um, the, the ones with Tom Holland. Oh, God. It's not, it's not uh, the guy who's doing a Star Wars film now, is it? Mansfield? M- doing Indiana Jones? Anyway. Mangold. Yeah, so it is. Okay. That worked because he was the director for all three. Yeah. So tone, motivations, and everything. Arc, you know, because yeah, I mean, all... he helped write the first, or he wrote most of the first one. And I always wondered why they would bring in a second director. If he started this storyline, would he have written a loose arc for other directors to just take the reins of in the first Yeah. Because uh, it's just going to get muddled along the way, isn't it, a little bit, you know? And that's what happened in Tros, in my opinion. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Tros has some fantastic moments. Um, and it's always been interesting hearing different people's viewpoints and critiques. Because, you know, it is interesting. You, you learn. Because I never, again, because, again, Luke has not been my guy. Yeah. Didn't realize with Palpatine coming back in Exegol, coming full circle that it kind of ruined that Darth Vader redemption arc because mm. then he didn't come he didn't destroy the emperor 
because he came back. It's 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 tricky, but I also get it because who is the big bad that then is in all three? But I, yeah, it just I love the sequel trilogy. I'll defend it, and I love it from a production point of view where we finally got that beautiful balance of practical and visual effects yeah. that I think is just next level and is the perfect sweet spot for Star Wars films and television. Um, but. Yeah, just some things. So that being said, back to The Last Jedi, I think, though, now I would feel that way if they did something with Rey. Mm. You know, I mean, even because even my partner said she didn't like the Rey take. I forget which film now. I think it might have been The Last Jedi. She didn't like how she went. But I was like, I see what you're saying. But also she's that's because this is the middle part. You know, Luke Skywalker really struggled in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And found himself to then, you know. Yeah, 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 exactly. But, uh... Intre- interesting, isn't it? God, it we could, literally could talk for hours about this stuff. Oh, God, yeah. Well, that's why I was oh, like, will you please be my co-host? My, yeah, well... <laughs> uh, another frightening thing about Exegol was, I don't know if you remember, but there, you see all these, these little people... Acolytes. Acolytes, yeah, the acolytes. Yeah. Just running around. No, the, with little hooded people. Yeah. The little acolytes. Yeah. Well, they, what they basically hired in was like, most of those people really, really old. <laughs> they gave them, uh, they gave them like really heavy made up walk around. They were frightening. I bet. So like, look at them. They just scurry, they'd literally just scurry out of nowhere. And they'd make- <laughs> was he really on like a hydraulic arm? He was, yeah. Okay. He was. Because I love it in the Lego Star Wars game. That arm keeps failing. <laughs> so it'll go... <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he was, he was on He was on that, yeah. And he didn't mind. He was absolutely fine. He seems like an absolute gem and a legend. But British, I mean, British people are amazing. I'm sorry, but they are. Like, so hardworking, so easygoing. Just be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah, he didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't mind at all. Would keep going for takes. Even even when he got told that was a great, we don't need another take, he'd, he'd ask, could he do one more? None, just in case. And... Yeah, he loved it. He, well, I mean, why would... Why wouldn't he love it? He must have loved revisiting that character. He, yeah, you know, and because he knows the react, he, kn- he knows the reaction is it's gonna get. And- yeah, I have a hot question, which I don't know if you know the answer to this, but did Ben Solo have actually any lines on set besides "ow," <laughs> or did he not speak at all? <laughs> No, I don't think he did. <laughs> don't think he spoke. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing, like, right. I understand, like, I I can understand the point of having Ben Solo die. Like, I, I think it almost would have been a stronger choice to have him live and kind of pay the repercussions. Yeah. Because the other thing is, only, like you think about it a few people know what he looks like in the resistance and that's finn and ray like yeah poe doesn't even know what he looks like he doesn't does he know so it's a little bit like (laughs) however i i just i would have loved to like adam driver such a fantastic actor like in that moment where like ray is dead i mean They did a good job because, like, I feel like that that's a moment I think that would be very unsettling for kids is because, like, her eyes are open 
Like there's no, and I think that's intentional because it's like, okay, this isn't, she's passed out. Like by doing that, it is showing and her being cold, like pale. That's the basic, a good visual to be like, yeah, she's dead, like dead, dead. (laughs) Um, And I just love just like the little moments. Like he like almost looking around, like, can somebody help? Hmm. And then just that kind of coming to peace. But yeah, I've always just been curious, like, was there stuff said that obviously just made hit on the cutting room floor? Because yeah, he, the, the poor boy don't speak. He literally says, ow, oh, that's it. Were, they, they did shoot a few, basically that, uh, shooting that, that was one of those scenes that you, that you get on set sometimes where like you're told to give the actors loads of, lots of space. Yeah. Because it was, the, the both of them, um, Adam Driver and Daisy Ridley, like it, the emotion was getting to them doing those that scene, and they did. Was it? Yeah, it really was, and they were doing a few different versions of it, and they, they'd have to have time. You know, they'd have to take a bit of a bit of a breather because it was. It, you could see it physically taking taking. It was. They were putting everything. Everything. Yeah. Um, now I, I wasn't wearing. I, I wasn't. I couldn't hear the dialogue because some of it was whispered, and obviously everyone, apart from camera, had to, to basically not not be anywhere near them, so, so you weren't in their eye lines or anything. Yeah, I know that they shot multiple multiple versions of it, and J- mm. AJ obviously went with whatever. The, the, yeah, it's on on screen the version that he he thought was the most powerful. But yeah, those two put, put everything into that. I, I think that's also what made the sequel trilogy work. It really worked with them, yeah. just given their full all being both very hands-on actors and so giving of their performance, and then just really just like trusting each other as scene partners. You know, as I said before, I study theater. I I'm not that great, but I can understand the process and you know the research and under you know doing the backstory and what they call emotional recall, which is a very Stanislavski acting theater acting technique um so i can i can appreciate that but yeah i was just curious because i was like oh i know that's a question and a speculation that always comes up like did he ever (laughs) have any lines he would definitely have had had lines but uh they just they just did four or five four or five different different versions of it Mm. uh went with went with this one Guys, maybe yeah. you want to rewatch that film now. Yeah. I've not seen it. I, it's one of those, uh, and this is where I feel, again, sorry, going to some acting theory now, where the, the difference of on stage, you have to tell because you have to have the person and the far back be able to understand what's going on because they can't say. Whereas film, you show because it's all right there and that so that scene even though yes it's absent of any dialogue there's so much in it like i love that she literally touches the intentional or not don't know how to take it but she literally touches where his scar used to be and it's not there and that's when she says ben and her face lights up and then that's when he just starts breaking down i the only thing i would have asked for in that scene was just hold the emotional beat after he's fallen and disappeared just 30 more seconds because it just seemed like kiss bang boom dead like it it just kind of all of a sudden that's where i do feel the last jedi and ryan johnson has it better is the moment because he would have let that moment breathe just a little longer i'm not saying it had to be horrible or you know but just give her a moment because 
the one person that she really truly felt that mm. you know if you want to take the romantic connection which i'm sorry i think it is there you don't kiss a friend like that i'm sorry mate you brought me back to life i still wouldn't kiss you like that <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that what the one person that really understood her is gone that that's she's alone again yeah yeah yeah, exactly you know and that's why actually she plays it really well in the um when she comes back mm. and uh yeah, it was one of those, like, even then she's like, yeah, and, you know, I was giving her pats on the shoulders. And I mean, she is kind of wanting to see her other family. And I like that she kind of bubbles, you know, holds down the tears and things. But it, it, it's not, unfortunately, sadly, it's not the quite the happy reunion like we get in Return of the Jedi. No, it's not, no. But no. I actually appreciate it because it is more battle-worn, like, yeah. and it's more realistic to our times. But I still do like the, I, I missed the Yub Dub song, which I yeah. randomly was singing on stream the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so I think that's just my only criticism on that scene on Exegol was just just that moment to mm. breathe, and that's more of an editing thing, I think. Not and again, that's where my my professional eye comes in. I'm just like, oh, you could have just held on his her hand a bit more or something. But yeah, let something linger for a little longer. Yeah, let it breathe, yeah. and then because it, it literally is kind of like, oh, I'm dead. You kissed me he fades away I mean people actually laughed in the cinema that's very rare of a British audience uh, yeah they literally were like what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mind you I went to a triple billing best one of the best mind experiences of my life was uh, I went to one of those where you saw and this is where I finally felt the tonal in, like shifts and was really weird because I watched The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker all in one sitting. It was, was amazing. That was yeah. The first time you'd seen The Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah, because it was like the day it was the day it uh, premiered, so it was like a special event, um, and uh, it was great. But it was, and I remember my heart pounding because um, so American viewers won't know in British cinemas there's like a little certificate that comes on the screen and it's like from the British Council of Censors or so I don't know but and it said the rise of Skywalker and that by that moment my heart was pounding because I was just like oh my god here we go and it was 2019 ironically was like the end of a lot of franchises because Game of Thrones had just finished we had just had Infinity War yeah. yes okay. which one's the, it's not Endgame oh no it was Endgame okay. whichever was the last Marvel that finished yeah. we had Star Wars finishing which it was really strange because then we hit 2020 and then life has not been the same since so it's yeah, very bizarre are like how that just happened but yeah i just remember sitting there in the cinema and i think it was like december 5th and I, my heart was just pounding at midnight and i was like oh my god here we go and yeah but i was also in like peak podcasting time as well like you know it was easier then and so i mean i was really 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 invested had done Mate. all the speculations and oh yeah like you were in overdrive i was oh i was and again i was on my own because bless her partner I had to work at the time and also was like I can't sit through six hours of films but uh, yeah it was it was great I'm glad I did it and I I don't think I'd do it again but it was it was it was great but it was weird because then it was like oh because I had never done that had that at home watching the films yeah, you know back to back to back and then yeah it was bizarre kind of like oh this really is a tonal 
there is a weird tonal shift in editing pace. And I was like, oh, okay, I didn't quite notice this before. What were, but, your, what were your first feelings when you left? When you left the cinema after watching Rise of Sky? What were you? What were your thoughts? I, I could tell you exactly. I went, okay, Last Jedi haters, I understand you now. Really? I walked out and I didn't really like it. Didn't you? No. Has it grown on you since? I have an appreciation. Do you know what it is? And I guess for me, again, because, and this is how I also came to that conclusion, I understand why people didn't like The Last Jedi. If you were big, if you were very invested into Luke, that's, a, I could be wrong. That's just my kind of take on it because I'm so invested in Rey. She didn't have to be a Palpatine. No, she didn't. You could still have Palpatine come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't have she to did, She didn't have to be a Palpatine. No. And now we're going to have this horrible, like, backtracking. And I need to finish it. There's a great book. actually met the, the author at Celebration. Um, uh, God, his name. For, for, yeah, his name. Just, that was that. That was surreal because I also then met Brian Herring at the same time. So, yeah, yeah Celebration was. Brian's uh, great. Yeah. Oh, he's wonderful. But a little story about that. So, I eyelines. You know, so right. I have a friend that's going to the toilet and I just want to keep with her and the toilet is behind him. So I can, he's talking to someone. He was just gifted like a lightsaber from an Australian charity. So he's taking pictures. So I'm looking for her yeah. and I'd already just gone up to him, not realizing that I didn't understand the British joke, but cause he talked about a character that he played and he said, oh, the name was such and such, but I don't know why my name was that. And I don't know why my like neurodivergent brain saw his name badge and was like oh it's an anagram so i was like i'll go up and tell him hey the reason why your your character was called this an anagram of his name of your name he's like oh i knew that i was like oh okay well great talk and walked off so you know i'm waiting for my friend to come out of the toilet <laughs> and he keeps like i keep accidentally making eye contact with him yeah and bless him he finally i'm so embarrassed but he stops his conversation comes over to me and he's like I'm sorry did you want to say something or and I was just like oh shit <laughs> I was like um uh, can I, I I just wanted to take a, a photo if that was possible because we're still COVID times you know yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah, and I'm, I failed but you know I'm still trying to like wear my mask and yeah. things um and I was just like can I just take a quick photo and he's like oh yeah yeah sure but I just I felt so bad because it was like I didn't mean to I wasn't actually waiting to talk to him it's because I was waiting for my friend but because we're the same yeah, yeah. eyeline but so lovely and <laughs> Yeah, really. Oh god, I just felt so embarrassed. Like that was the first time in a long time I felt socially awkward, but that was really my first kind of back in the normal world post-COVID. Yeah. So after three and a half years trying to deal with people on a regular basis, yeah. I was just I'm, like there was a lot of people that wasn't that. Oh my god, that was so overwhelming. Like I, I kept telling myself, I was almost kicking myself a little bit. I was like, you used to commute for seven years straight on crowded trains to London from Brighton. What is wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, you know, when you look back now, like the, the commutes we, we some of us used to have to do. Uh, yeah. And looking back now, you think, did we actually really need to? No, we, we didn't. We didn't. And I mean, obviously that could be a whole nother conversation yeah, I, too. That's nothing Work-life work balance and yeah. working from home. No. But... Uh, yeah so but no it was he was great and 
very patient with his time, but yeah, I just was so embarrassed that I was like, oops, I was like, I did want a picture, but that's not why I kept making eye contact with you. Oh, now you're asking. Yeah, sure, I'll have a picture. Yeah, exactly. That's literally how it went down. I was like, well, since you're asking, um, <laughs> yeah, why not? But yeah, I just felt like a right idiot. Nah, 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 he was reminded. He's got a heart of gold, right? Oh, yeah. No, he was real sweetheart. Um, but, and that was like about 45 minutes prior to where then like my two friends Nix and Danny were sitting next to and I cannot believe I keep forgetting this name this guy's name but the author of Shadows of the Sith and I was like you're sitting right next to the author and then they brought me over and then they proper like I think they were seeing me get staged like starstruck and they were like oh yeah that's you know, he, Shannon, she, I was just like, oh, hi. And he took a picture with me. I don't know if it's because he's tired, but he, he does not look impressed. Really? <laughs> he took a picture with me. I'm not saying he's a bad guy at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I could just, you know, when you just, you just don't want to be that person where they're like, oh, God, do I have to take a picture with yeah, you? But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but it's just kind of funny. I was just like. Did you buy his book there or did you already? I had already had it. it. I actually, I had actually already been following because I knew he was writing a book and it was funny because I knew the book was going to talk about Ray's parents. Right. And so I put a tweet out and I rarely at people, yeah. but I said, Hey, you get to finally end that, you know, age, you know, seven year, eight year debates on who's Ray's parents. Now, of course, Ray's mom was played by the wonderful Jody. Oh, what's oh, her wow. name? Just want to, uh, Tony. yeah, just want to Tony. Yeah. And so, of course, she was in Killing Eve. And so he put that gif of her going, oh, shit. <laughs> kind of like, yeah. And I was like, so I, I felt quite cool then. Yeah. But I mean, there, no one's going to know who I am on Twitter and all that. But yeah. uh, but no, it was, so I actually had, and I have the book on audio because I'm horribly dyslexic. So I, I anything fictional I read, I listen. So I need to finish it. But um so yeah, I don't even know their names yet because I haven't gotten to that part of the book. But I, their names are intentional. Yeah, I think it's something. Yeah, but they will. Be. Yeah, but there's like like a yeah deep cut as well. But um, yeah. yeah, that would be a cool. And again, maybe we'll do this next episode next month. Kind of what we'd like to see in the Ray film because again, having someone like Jodie, an actress like Jodie, you could have some amazing like really? flashbacks like, or yeah. something. When 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 I saw it with Jodie Comer on set, I was I, I was instantly thinking, are they really just going to get someone like Jodie Comer in? I mean, yeah. She's <laughs> She was literally on set for half a day. They did her scenes. Yeah. The morning, they did it in the morning. Um, and I thought, I was thinking, then this is such a great act, actor to have in just for, for, for such a, I was, you know, it could go, go somewhere, couldn't it? Yeah. If yeah. I it to, it could. I sadly don't know who the gentleman is that played Ray's dad. No, I, but... I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I didn't recognize And apparently, they're like actually good friends in real life now. Like, they, they, they're I like on WhatsApp groups and things. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm chatting to mom. <laughs> so, I mean, that could be a cool yeah, thing, too. Definitely, yeah. You know, but I, I have to see in canon, like, what does her mom do? like is she force sensitive or anything like that yeah. you know but but again again because she's a palpatine now it's just so awkward yeah, because it's like yeah. she is but she isn't because her dad is like a clone but isn't a clone and i just and why like said, i think i think it's true that there's gonna be have to there'll be some like 
back steps have to be made and, and like little cover-ups or, or like they'll be like, well, she kind of isn't or she, you know, there'll have to be all those things going on now. With her. Or do you know what? I actually just don't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Almost better. Like just don't, because, you know, she took the Skywalker name at the end. Don't talk about it. Yeah. Because she gets so much more freedom as a character. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Without that. Yeah, because again, I guess for me, it also, like, when she obviously, the lightning came out of her fingers. Yeah. That was something I I remember vividly in the cinema when I first saw it. I was like, whoa, homegirl's a bit overpowered now. Like, there better be some explanation for that. Because even me, because again, I like that realism. And I was like... So then it was okay. So it kind of then was validated like, oh, she's a Palpatine. But then it also invalidates everything because then she is a legacy character. She didn't have to be a legacy character. Like, I was still team Obi-Wan. And I mean, hell, he even says something in the Obi-Wan show where he's like, oh, I had a brother, but I don't know my brother. And I was just like, it's there. It's there. (laughs) (laughs) I can see you screaming that at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when I was watching Obi-Wan I did go to my partner and go see you could have done that and then it was one of those easier to figure out because the, yeah whatever whatever yeah. <laughs> uh, so sorry, we, let's just wrap it up uh, but yeah no this is this has been great uh, I mean obviously like in other news we'll probably touch on another episode or something was all the Star Wars games that have come out and been announced like I won't talk about too much because I think you're going to try to play Jedi Survivor yeah 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 I am uh, uh, gonna, I want to play it in its entirety before the next one yeah and I, I mean I gotta say like the story I mean a lot of people were like oh the story is very much like just as good as Knights of the Old Republic which yeah. came out 20 years prior uh, not quite you'll never beat that Revan Mm-hmm. reveal yeah. but um no it's very cameron Mo- moyhan and i mean all the the care the cast of characters fantastic something kind of near and dear well, i don't know about dear to our heart but motion capture yeah. the, 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 yeah. there's the, the way that the performances they've captured yeah is amazing yeah. and the music oh my god the music is fantastic so i'm really looking forward to what you think did you play the first one yes it was, i like i liked it but i mean oh, brilliant. with this with this new one I, I've, I've obviously spoken to you about it yeah. Every single review I've read of this game has has all been five five out of five or oh, yeah. out of ten. Like saying you have to, if you play if you play any game this year, it's this one. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, I really do think it's contender for game of the year because they also took a good foundation of what they did in Jedi Fallen Order, yeah. and then just built on it. Yeah. They didn't do it like a Metroidvania or whatever where oh, character bumps his head, you forgot everything and you have to yeah. relearn everything. Like, right. yeah. And right. uh, yeah, the, it's just, yeah. I won't say anymore because I will end up yeah, actually no, accidentally no. spoiling anything. I'm really but... excited about the storyline on it. What platform would you do it on? PS5. Nice. That's what I did. Is it? Is that what you... It's one of the few times I've been... Usually like 
now I'm going to go into shenanigan plays here, my other kind of persona. But like, usually I feel as a console gamer and streamer, I'm disadvantaged because I don't do games on PC. I do, but like I have a gaming laptop, but it's more for like streaming and things. But this was the first time I felt like consoles had a better experience because it was more polished than PC. Because like PC, rightfully so, you can control like how strong the rendering, the words that we use, you know, the ambient occlusions and refractions and all that um, high dynamic range, whereas the PS5 is just like, hold my beer. So I was quite lucky that um, I had a really good experience because I was on a console, whereas some people struggled being on PC. So I think you'll definitely have a great, uh, hopefully your bounty hunter side missions will work. That's the only thing that didn't work on mine. They are not. They did not work. They did not work. It worked, but then they didn't like continue. And so I just, I can't get like a platinum trophy because I can't finish, but that's okay. Never mind. The the important thing was it didn't affect the main story. So good. Yes. Right. Well, Well, I'm actually quite interested on your perspective when you finish as a father as well. Yes, that's oh, all I'm going to say. But I want your perspective as a father. Okay, okay. So cool. yes, I will leave you. That is your homework assignment. <laughs> Go play Survivor. We'll come back and talk about it. But um, well, this has been fantastic, yeah. and uh, yeah, we'll just wrap things up. So where where can they find you, Jack? On what? Well, as in online? Online, sorry, yes, ah. through socials. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Twitter. Uh, so at the moment, I'm, I'm, I only do Twitter really. So it's at Hammer and Tack. So that's H A M M E R A N D T A C K. That's Hammer. Nice. Because my and the reason why Hammer and Tack is because that's what my uncle used to call me because it rhymes with Jack. It's Cockney slang, isn't Hammer it? Hammer and Tack. Yeah, even though he's not, he wasn't a Cockney. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand about Cockney slang. This is really off topic. Go for it. For example, like hammer and tack is, I mean, just saying Jack is so much easier than saying I know. hammer and tack. It's like, go. Yeah, but was, isn't it because it used to be code to get away from like coppers and things? And that's why they had the, the sing song rhymey stuff. Yeah, that's right. That, that's right. But I mean, they come, yeah. up, they come up with, I mean, they, there's, there's new ones all the time. Like, yeah. I look, my favorite's Dog and Bone. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Dog and Bone's great. Yeah, For the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe we should start adding that to the podcast. Being right, what is our Cockney slang at the day? Yeah. <laughs> And you can find me at uh, PCGE underscore podcast or Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge on Instagram. And uh, thank you for having a listen. And we will talk to you guys later. Bye for now. Bye.